The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 6. Glory to you, O Lord. He came down and with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you come with your blessings. Help us to see your hand and your rule in what happens. In Jesus' name, amen. This text and next week's text are called Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. And mainly he is teaching about faith. The plain meaning he makes the rough ways smooth, you know, from that Advent text. And so the people are gathered to hear him, both the Jews and the Gentiles, the Jews from Judea and Jerusalem, the Gentiles from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. So Luke is writing his gospel in such a way that the outreach of Jesus' ministry is being lifted up. So how do we understand this chapter 6 of Luke? We actually have to go back to chapter 1. And Luke says, I am writing to you Theolophysis, or something like that. So who is this guy, Theophilus, and why does he want to join the Jesus community? And what does it mean when he reads and hears the Isaiah text from a couple weeks ago? And Jesus says, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And that text leads us into this text, the choices between the rich 
and the poor. Theophilus, is he poor, hungry, or weeping now? The text leads us to say no. Is he rich, full, happy now? The answer is yes. So what is the point, then? Why is Luke talking to a rich person? The point is, everyone gets to hear the words of Jesus and the response, our acting on them, is the question. So the text starts out, blessed. In ancient Greek, the first time the word blessed was used was referring to the gods. The blessed gods. They had achieved the state of happiness and they were content. They were beyond cares and labors and even death. After a while, that word blessed was changed and it referred to the dead. The blessed ones were humans, though they were dead. They had reached the other world like the gods. They were blessed. They were content. They were dead. And finally, in the Greek, it came to mean, blessed are those who were rich. The elite, the upper crust of society, the wealthy people, they were rich enough and powerful enough to be above the normal cares and worries of the poor. The poor who constantly struggled with worry and labor in life. So to be blessed then means to be rich and powerful. And then Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor. He changes the whole meaning of the word. It wasn't the elite. It wasn't the rich and powerful. It wasn't the high and mighty. It wasn't the gods. It wasn't those who were dead. It was the poor, the hungry, the crying, those who were hated. History had changed. Blessed was no longer just for the gods or the dead or the rich. But in God's kingdom, the elite were those who received the name poor. So that leads us into the word poor. The Greek behind the word poor is the most destitute and poverty-stricken of them all. It tells us that the poor are in a continuous state of poverty. It refers to those who have no money, no job, no possessions, who are on the street begging for life. We know of poor Lazarus waiting 
for the scraps from the table of the rich man. So if we know someone that has less than we have, then we are not the poor. The poor are those who have nothing. And the blessing of the poor, it means that God rules over you now. Those who are of the margins of our society, God is ruling over them. And that is who God brings the good news. Along with the poor, there is the hungry and weeping. Might be considered a subset of the poor. Hungry. We already seen this in Luke. Being hungry was something Jesus experienced in his temptation. And being filled, that has been already or will be fulfilled in chapter 9 when Jesus feeds the hungry crowd. So it's like the desire of the prodigal son He was hungry and realized that eating pig's food was much lower than being the lowest servant at his father's house. It is Lazarus longing to eat the scraps from the rich man's table. Being hungry is the plight of the poor not being able to fill themselves with food. Hungry and then weeping. It's not just that quiet, sniffling weep, but the weeping is the loud wailing that takes place. The wailing that takes place when parents lose a child. It's the wailing of Peter realizing that he had betrayed and denied Jesus three times. It is Jesus wailing when he looks at Jerusalem. They shall laugh, it says. It's not the derision laugh. It is a laugh of joy. Of fulfillment. And then there is the last one. You shall be hated, executed, insulted, and defamed. It's really hard for us to understand what that's about. How do we, who have never suffered persecution for having faith in Jesus, how do we understand, hated, excluded, insulted. To the disciples, it was a different story. This blessing makes sense. It's an encouragement to be faithful, to hang in there, to do what God's prophets have always done. So are we missing something in our faith because we do not suffer 
because we do not take risk, we might be missing the rejoicing and leaping for joy. And then we move on to the woes. Woe is a, an expression of pain or anger. And the woes always reflect the blessed. It's the poor versus the rich. It's the hungry versus those that are filled up. It's the crying versus those who laugh. It's the hated versus those who are well spoken of. The picture I see in my mind when I read this is that the rich already have everything they can ask for. Their encouragement, their consolation for their wealth is fulfilled in that wealth. And so they have little need for God. And it's interesting, in verse 627, Jesus, right after this woe text, says, Love your enemies, do good to them who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. So the words of woe are actually words of love from Jesus. So Luke is writing this text to the rich Christians in his day. He doesn't insist that the rich Christians give up their possessions, nor does he say that they shall remove the economic differences in the community. But Luke is telling those rich Christians that the abundance and poverty within the community must be recognized and dealt with. That's the spirit of Jesus. Being willing to let go of your wealth that it doesn't take over your faith. So the toughest question of this text is, can one remain wealthy and be a faithful Christian? If we look at the story of Zacchaeus, we get a no-yes answer. Rich Christians, like Zacchaeus is named, cannot go living as they have before. The new priority is needed. You can remain rich, but it cannot be number one in your life. You must be free from the burden of and sin of wealth for the service and care of others. And so that brings us to the yes. You can be wealthy if you share that wealth and support the poor, then the rich can be saved like everyone else by the grace of Jesus Christ. As we trust in that grace and we trust in the Father's needs to care for God's poor, As we walk with God, 
we end up being blessed. Amen.